Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, and Rebecca Gadbury, the cosmetic ingredient guru, highly acclaimed educator, and award-winning journalist. She is the cosmetic industry leader. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here, to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Facially Conscious. We are here today with Trina and Rebecca, and we are going to talk about five facts to know before you choose a facial cleanser. So I know there's thousands and thousands of facial cleansers out there, and it's very hard to decide which one to get. So we're going to give you some facts that you can kind of guide, it'll kind of guide you to how to choose a facial cleanser. So um, hello, Rebecca, how are you today? Hello, darling. I'm doing pretty good today. Oh, good. Just getting over COVID. Oh, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm doing better. Yeah. I had mild symptoms and, uh, but I was fully vaccinated. Really yeah, weird. yeah. That's. I mean, weird. with all the boosters and everything. Yeah. Why? Why is that happening? Uh, my son came down with it, oh. and I took care of him without knowing it was COVID. Oh, you thought it was just like a cold? How yeah. did you find out it was COVID? You just took a test. He took a test. Oh, he was positive. Oh, and so I isolated for ten days, and on the eighth day, oh. I was positive. On the eighth day of COVID, no way. I tested positive. You, you isolated for eight days before you got yes. diagnosed, and then I had to isolate for another ten. After days. After three days, I would have been like, "Well, I guess it's not COVID," so, and gone on with my. Oh uh, yeah, you can't do that. Wow. Well, this is a this is not information about COVID. <laughs> We tend to start with, you know, anything that comes to mind. That's okay. I hope everybody enjoys all the detritus that we toss into our episodes. But that leads us to facial cleansers, detritus. Yes. Yes. There you go. The detritus on the skin. I don't even know what that word means. It means um, waste material, uh, stuff you don't want, extra stuff. Oh, and that leads to facial cleansers? Yeah, because you want to take the extra stuff, the off stuff you don't want off your skin. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it leads to facial cleansers. How did you like that little slippery segue I there? I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. All right. So what are we going to talk about? What are these five facts that you, you've come up with for these? Uh... Before we select a fit, well, besides what you're going to add, because as one of the top estheticians in L.A., I know you I'm talk gonna, about I, facial cleansers. I may argue with you a little bit. I don't but know if you will. You I might won't. be surprised. You might okay. be surprised. Okay. So there's five things as we we talked about. So you may you may need more than one cleanser. That's a fact to know. Um okay. Well, I think that also depends. Well, so okay, that's a really loaded I know. Fact. That's why it's the first one. You want to know why you need more than one cleanser? 
Tell me. Well, you know that the PM1 is obvious, right? We know, yes. Okay, so why is it obvious? Because during the day, you get a lot of environmental dust and grime on your face. And also, if you're a female, you wear makeup and you sweat. And, you know, whoever, like, uh, the day's needs to be washed off your face. So you should always cleanse your face at night. That's a for sure. And the sweat. Yeah. And, yeah, and all of that. Cigarette smoke. Right. It's estimated that over 90% of the American population and almost um, 98% of global population lives in urban cities that the World Health Organization states are polluted Right. So there's a lot of pollution on your face. There's a lot of pollution. And the majority of that pollution is a particle called a uh, PM, particle matter 2.5, which means that it is really, really tiny. Mm -hmm. And it lands on your skin. It carries all sorts of other things on it, including bacteria, mold, yeast, fungus. Don't freak out, everybody. It's just something that Oh, it gets grosser happens. from here. It gets no, grosser no, from don't here. Scare people. When we talk about morning <laughs> cleansers, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> Wait a so second. you know, if Wait you, a second. Yeah. If you think about like, if you, let's say you swept your balcony or That's your right. patio Same every day mm-hmm. and you swept it in the morning, mm-hmm. you would see a lot of dust coming off of your patio. Well, that dust is also sticking onto your face. Exactly. So Good it, way to put it. Yeah. And if you walk into a room where smoking has been going on for years and you take a picture off the wall, you can see all the smoke detritus uh-huh. on the wall that's left over that you don't want, well, that is landing on your skin every day, not to mention what it's doing to and your lungs. And other people's dead skin cells that that's right, and your own of dead, your skin. dead skills. <laughs> so I think we have enough to gross people out now. If you haven't gone so to another podcast by now, <laughs> cleanse your face at night. Yeah. And this cleanser should be stronger yeah, because it's got more to take off. Mm-hmm. You can even do a double cleansing, like some people like an oil cleanser first to dissolve all the oily material. Then they come after with a gentle water-soluble or water-rinsable cleanser. It's got a little foaming action. Uh, you should not be using hot water because the hot water can actually push or make the skin more absorbent to these uh, PM 2.5s and other detritus on your skin. <laughs> it can also aggravate the irritancy of certain foaming cleansers lukewarm like sulfate. Yeah. Right. So lukewarm is good. I will follow with a splash of cold water, mm-hmm. not to tighten my pores because you can't do that, but because splashes of cold water, like two or three splashes of really cold water, sets off some of your hormones that are feel-good hormones. They're also anti-stressors. So you can get an emotional balance from washing your face as well. Whoa, I've never heard that before. Yeah, kind of neat, that. huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Does stick, it put you in a good mood? Me, baby. <laughs> it puts you in a good mood. And if you're doing it right before it bedtime. Really cold. <laughs> <laughs> I take cold showers sometimes oh, just gosh. to get de-stressed. Oh, no. Yeah, it really works. It really, not for longer not than about cold. a minute. No, freezing cold. Oh, God. Well, that's the, that's the idea behind cryotherapy, which I'd love to have a cryotherapy Oh, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why yeah, do you it's wash like Korean spas? It's yeah. like, we, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I'm going to totally, you're going to freak out when I say this because. You're I, not different. I t- 
tell people that you don't have to cleanse in the morning. Uh, you could splash your face with water unless I, unless you have oily skin or you sweat in the night or you have acne, then you can, then you should cleanse. But I tell people with dry skin or with, um, mostly with dry to normal skin, that you don't have to cleanse in the morning. And I do find that it changes everyone who, I said that one little step alone, when somebody comes to me and their skin's really dry, I'll say, are you double clean? Are you cleansing morning and night? And they say, yes. I'm like, take out the morning cleanse, mm-hmm. rinse your face with water, and then put on all your serums. And it that step alone balances their pH. And it doesn't, because I think the industry has created, and I did learn this in your class at UCLA, <laughs> has created this all this double cleansing and stuff like that to, um, I mean, cleansing morning and night and using all these different cleansers is a marketing technique to sell cleansers too. Okay. So mm-hmm. since I taught you that, mm-hmm. I have learned some new things, mm. which I'm going to share with you. Okay. You ever drool at night? I don't know. I do. Sleeping. And most people oh, in no, my I, age Oh, no, I definitely do. don't, and I'll tell you why. I know, because you on sleep on back. your back. <laughs> yes. So. How many people actually? I tried sleeping on my back, uh-huh. and because of my weight, and I obviously lost 50 pounds since we've you know, been doing this podcast, but <laughs> since, since when I was larger, uh-huh. if I slept on my back, I had sleep apnea. Oh, I, I think I have that too. Yeah. But it's okay. I sleep on like five pillows, so it's almost like I'm sleeping <laughs> in a lounge the chair. Princess and the pea, are we? <laughs> as long as I sleep at a high angle, I don't <laughs> snore as much. <laughs> but I think I do have a bit of sleep apnea because I definitely snore. Yeah. That's what happens when you sleep on your back. That's right. And you yeah. usually drool when you snore. Uh-huh. Well, if you're drooling, and most people, men and women, over the age of 50 drool at a certain point, plus if your skin is starting to get lax around your mouth mm-hmm. and you're getting that jelly, you drool into the folds of the skin. Ew. Now, you also lose skin cells at night. What's attached to the skin cells? Demodex mites. What's oh, also... Boy, we're going to talk about Demodex mites. We're also, and these are the little mites that are in your pores. They're associated with rosacea, mm-hmm. but only when they, there's also a Staphylococcus bacteria on the on Yes, the people, we have bugs all over our face. We have that bugs, are and we have bugs that are living in our pillows. And unless you're changing <laughs> your pillowcase every night, how many people do that? How many people? I oh read, my God, we're going to freak everyone out. I read, this is why I said it gets grosser. I read that the average person changes their sheets six times a year. What? Yes, that really grossed me out. But there six are people listening that's to once this podcast. Every two months? That's right. There are people listening to this podcast who have not changed their pillowcase in a while. Oh God. Okay, so you can change it every night, but you're still going to have I mites and bacteria in the morning. To- to change your pillowcases every night. Right. Yeah. yeah. People with skin issues. Yeah. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. there are pillowcases made for that, by the way. Yeah, that so. are hypoallergenic and yeah. um, don't hold mites. There's also your sheets and They things. hold mites and your blankets. And if you pull your blankets up around your face or your sheets up around your face, then you have the person you're sleeping with. And what are they doing to their face? Oh, and how I, much so face activity right contact okay, did we okay. have the night before? <laughs> okay. And then not to mention all the products you put on before you go to bed. 
mm-hmm. there's still the residue is still left over mm-hmm. in the morning. So you have all this detritus <laughs> in the morning that's very different than you know what, what you I end like with. to feed my bugs in the morning. I know I do too. <laughs> you know they're my they're my community. I love my community. <laughs> I have more microbes as you do than you have human cells. <laughs> oh, they God. outnumber human cells three to ten times. We have bugs living inside of us, too. We lots do. of them. And we We're couldn't like live without them. They make tank. vitamin K for us. They do also. We'll do a thing on the microbes, <laughs> on okay. microbiote. We, we can send microbiome. We can put all the pictures on our website of all the bugs oh, that live that on our face. Fun. You know, I was the first one in the industry to talk about the microbiome back in the late I know. Yeah, yeah. So I've you were big on the microbiome. Yeah, you still I are. I still am. But I have there's an a itch lot. under my. Headphone. I know. I get that too. Go ahead and scratch it. Okay. It's probably <laughs> I a microbe or two, <laughs> oh, you know, running around in there, going, "Oh yes, yes, they're talking crawling. about us." I know. I once said the thing about morning cleansing to about two thousand people in an audience. You should have heard when I got to drooling the collective groan of two thousand people. Oh. <laughs> Talk about feeling a sense of power. I mean. <laughs> All right. So if you want, cleanse your face in the morning. So what do you do? You don't use the one you use at night. No, you which use is a very what? gentle cleanser that doesn't strip off anything off your skin except it just cleanses it, a gentle, gentle cleanser. Gentle cleansing. So it doesn't even disturb your microbiome that's natural to your skin. And so how right. do you know that? Well, you look for sulfate-free cleansers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also cleansers now being sold to be gentle on the microbiome. Mm. Uh, I might be it able says to, that on the on the it actually says that in bottle. the advertising yeah mm. gentle so, on your microbiome yes yes wow that's some scientific yeah. stuff right so there. I will look at doing some Instagram posts on that okay okay and then what's our second uh, fact here <laughs> cleaning you, ingredients you want to move called, on huh yeah I want to <laughs> We have five facts to get through in 15 minutes. We could do it. Oh, well, four more facts because one. It goes quickly after this, but I oh. had to drive the case home about AM cleansing. Did I change your mind? I don't know. I like not cleansing. You know, I remember when I was, um, I was, I, I driving somewhere and I had just become an esthetician and this was like. I don't know, 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about why men don't age as drastically as women. Mm-hmm. And women get so much more dry and wrinkly and men's skin stays in pretty good shape. And I was like, you know what? I bet men never wash their face. And we wash our face twice a day. We're stripping off those natural oils that we... And the microbiome. And the microbiome, right? We're we're like constantly stripping things right. off and putting stuff on, and they just leave their skin be, and and their skin's better. So I'm like, I'm gonna try not doing so much to yeah, and see what how that goes. And well, look at my skin, isn't it beautiful? It's gorgeous. But you also <laughs> you do many other things. Men have testosterone, which is a skin protector. I'll just take testosterone then. You actually have it in your body, but the estrogen counteracts the effects of the testosterone until we get to menopause. Mm-hmm. And then we then grow the hair on our face. Yeah, then we grow hair on our face, but our skin, no. <laughs> and we, we get a square jaw, grow hair, yeah. and become a man. Yeah, so, awesome. you know, it's pretty. I, I've been shaving for, what, 12 years now? 
No, yeah. I'm teasing. I'm teasing everybody. But you know I do it's have okay. that facial It's okay hair. for women to shave. I tell them all the time if, if they, you know, get bumps from waxing and they, you know, have a problem with threading and they, you know, want to go microblading I'm like just take a razor to your face and like shave that off nobody's gonna know who cares Mm -hmm. just do it Mm -hmm. you know anyways or if you have light hair like I do I just pull them out with a tweezer when they pop up I say no you're not no but some people have a lot more hair than a tweezer well like I said if you're like me and it's light but anyway that's your (laughs) genetics right there right so what's the next question the next question is cleaning. Uh, clean- it's not a question. It's oh, a no. fact. It's a fact. Cleansing ingredients are called surfactants, and they're different than what you use to wash your dishes. So surfactants are is what makes a cleanser a cleanser, right? Right. But there's different types of surfactants used for skin and then also for dishes and for cars and uh, floors, different materials. Your garage floor. Right. You wouldn't clean your face with 409. No, you wouldn't. But or, it might have the same ingredients, what at least Comet? according to the could ingredient you, list. Could you wash your face with Comet? Actually, back in the 50s and the 60s, people used no. to do that as a powder, and they'd wet it like a mask, and then they'd put it on. Comet? Comet. On their face? Yes, as a scrub, as a natural exfoliant. Oh my God, that must have been so dry. And then they'd follow with Crisco. Mm. What? (laughs) Oh my God. Ketchup and Velveeta. And people say, (laughs) and people say, well, we just did that one podcast on another podcast. But people say that the cosmetic industry is frivolous. It prevents you from using Comet on your skin. Oh my God. (laughs) I remember doing a. a test mm-hmm. with a pH pen, mm-hmm. and we would right. test. Was that with you that we I did that? Or yeah, and Dermalogica used to teach that. Dermalogica, other maybe. Yeah. yeah, where you take Comet and you take some cleansers and you take different kinds of cleansers mm-hmm. and you put them on a surface and you run that pH pen through them mm-hmm. and see which ones are as bad as a Comet. Mm-hmm. You know, they turn black. Mm-hmm. And it was it was amazing to see the differences. So in... really interesting marketing thing. Yeah. Because pH balance, which you've mentioned a couple of times, mm-hmm. was introduced by Jerry Redding, who founded Redken, mm-hmm. along with Paula Kent Meehan, who was the, this is a little bit of industry trivia, Paula Kent Meehan earned the money to fund her hairdresser, Jerry Redding, uh-huh. in a company that was eventually called Redkin, Paula Kent and Jerry Redding, Redkin, oh, uh, with cool. her residual checks from uh, 77 Sunset Strip, where she played the hat check girl. What? Yes. That's so cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So that's how one of the giants of the professional industry was started. Well, Jerry realized that... If you had a, p- a cleanser of 5.5 pH, the cleanser would thicken and it would feel more luxurious mm. than a cleanser that was a higher pH, which a lot of the, I'm sorry, shampoos. So a lot of shampoos at that time were very thin. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a higher pH. So he's put salt 
in the sodium lauryl sulfate. Was it a higher pH or a lower pH? Anyway, he thickened it by changing the pH to 5.5, which he said was ideal for hair. It was ideal for the shampoo thickness or viscosity. Mm. He later went in and studied the effects on hair, and Redken was based on selling pH balance, their amino bar. Their mm. aminoplex bar was the first one on the market uh, back in the early 60s, I think it was, for pH balance. And you could wash your body with it, your face with it, and your hair with it. That's mm. how that company was built. Well, they got so much press on this concept as being unique. That's how we came to believe that the perfect cleanser was 5.5. Mm-hmm. It isn't. Mm. The perfect cleanser for the viscosity or thickness of the cleanser is 5.5. Right. But when you add alpha hydroxy acids, you might drop it down to 4.5 to maintain the acid level uh, a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, you could also uh, thin it out a little bit and make it 8.0 or a little higher, which is actually a little better for oily skin in some cases. Right. So it depends upon what the skin type is right. as to what the pH should be. So while, and Jerry's the one who came up with the pen, by the way, that you were just talking oh, about, really? or the pencil. Yeah, so that while fun. that was a great marketing gimmick, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily true overall for the skin, mm-hmm. which we didn't know back then. And so this is, this is different. Also, when you wash a cleanser, or you wash your skin with a cleanser, mm-hmm. even if it's pH 5.5, it only changes the surface pH of your skin very temporarily for maybe 30, 40 minutes. Mm. Then your skin surface fixes uh, it, f- goes back to whatever it was. And this can, it's as unique as your fingerprint is, depends upon what foods you've eaten, how much stress you're under, what I drugs you've taken. I also think like once you cleanse, cleanse your face with a cleanser, if you feel mm-hmm. that really tight feeling, it was probably a, a lower pH, right? Or no, it had stronger surfactants, surfactants in it. Right. And that's what the problem is, is that the, the more a surfactant does its job, and the job of a surfactant is to degrease the skin. Right. Okay. Some of our more popular surfactants like laurel, sodium laurel sulfate. Which is a bad one. Well, right? it's not bad <laughs> but if it got you a have bad really bad oily skin. Right, right. Then it cuts through the oil and it, it leaves your skin feeling normal. Right. But because it's so efficient at what it does, mm-hmm. if there's no oil on the skin or there's no residue to remove, then it goes down into the barrier that we've talked about in past episodes and it dissolves some of the lipids or the fats that are in the barrier. Barrier, and, and then, then you, get you get that tight feeling followed by skin cells that dry out that want to peel off like peeled shingles on a dry roof. Right. And then you get ashiness if you've got any melanated melanin in your skin. Right. You also get that tightness because the lipids have been dull removed. Dull looking skin too. Yeah, dull looking skin, divitalized skin. And you get a uh, skin that um, feels tight because the lipids have been removed. So the skin is drawing together because some of it has been removed. So it feels tight. Some people say, oh, that's that dry, squeaky feeling or that clean, squeaky feeling. No, that's that dry, leads to irritation and ashiness feeling. Maybe change your cleanser. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So you want to look at cleansers that are uh, they should always wash off, even if you're using a um, one of the 
the wipes, and you can use a wipe in the morning, by the way, for an, as an AM cleanser. I forgot to add that. Mm-hmm. But even if you're using a wipe, you should do a rinse or two on your skin just after to the re- wipe. After yeah. the wipe. Yeah. Because you're leaving that kind of chemical, kind of whatever this, it's made of on your skin. The surfactant. Yeah. And what surfactants do is they make surfaces more acceptable to one another. Mm -hmm. So when you use a surfactant, it's called a surface active agent surfactant. Mm. And the very first surfactants on the the, um, market were used in detergents. They were developed by the chemists at uh, um, Procter & Gamble, Mm -hmm. P&G, and then we started to find out that the detergents that we were using to clean our uh, our clothes so that um, one of the main problems with cleansers back then, uh, or washing soaps as, as they were frequently called, or washing powders, was that they leave a residue in the clothes. Mm. So you can only wash your clothes maybe five or six times before they started to deteriorate. (laughs) A year before they started to deteriorate. So Uh the chemists at PNG, uh, PNG said, okay, well, let's see if we can rinse completely. That's how they came up with the first surfactant, which was sodium lauryl sulfate. Mm. And it rinsed completely. Then there was a product called Dreft, D-R-E-F-T. It was pink. I remember That's using what, it as a bubble kids. bath. Yeah. Yeah. But it came out as a washing powder first. You used it as a bubble bath. You used it to wash your, your dishes. You used yeah. it to wash your hair and your body. And then we found out that it was a little bit drying, a lot drying. It also gave children, girl children, vaginal um, from washing the clothes in draft because I used that one. No, wash, putting it in the in, in the, the bath, bath water. Got it, got yeah, it. Uh-huh. which is why we have now today we have the warnings on uh, bubble bath. That yeah, I don't do. do any bubble yeah. bath. Yeah. So well, you can do bubble bath. Just make sure it's got the warning on it, or it doesn't contain certain. I would just use a really gentle cleanser. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, wait a second. So okay. let's go back to sulfates. Mm. So the What's first the, sulfate product that we used on our face was called Zest. Uh-huh. And it's still on the market today. I've heard of Zest. And it was marketed as a soap substitute bar. And when they put it in uh, water, you know, do you remember the commercial? It was back in the 60s, so not everybody does. But you can look up the first Zest commercial, I think, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun because the lady of the house had a dish that she would put in regular dishwater, and she would pick up the dish, hold it up to the camera, and it was it left a scum so thick you could write your name in it, which she did. some commercials okay. like that. Uh-huh. And then you put... Uh, zest in water and you put your dishes in the zest and it came out sparkly clean rinsably clean so uh, you couldn't write your name in it it was sparkling it was sparkly clean and that's because it had the sodium lauryl sulfate in it but wasn't zest for the face it was for the face oh it was a soap bar uh-huh. for the or it was a soap substitute bar which is also called a synthetic detergent bar or in the industry we call them syndets mm. s y n d e t now syndets you can tell a syndet because it doesn't have ingredients on the the soap bar because soaps are not sold as far as the FDA is concerned, just for the skin. It can also be used in anything else. Mm-hmm. Only cosmetics have to have the ingredient list on them. So if the bar has an ingredient list on it, you're looking at a syndet or a soap substitute. 
Interesting. Yeah, so it won't leave a residue on your skin. Do you know that I used ivory soap, the bar, Mm -hmm. to wash my face until I was Mm. 34? So what is that, (laughs) 98.5% or 99.5%? Pure soap. I know. <laughs> Pure. I write know. your name in it. <laughs> I didn't Scum. stop using it until I became an esthetician and did the pH test on it and yeah, realized it yeah. was that bad was like thirteen using or something on yeah. my face. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. And what Consumer Reports used to do is every year they would run an article about how bad surfactants were for your skin and your hair, and they would wash hair with dishwashing soap and it would dry your hair out. Uh, Well, it has the same ingredients as your shampoo, so you might as well use dishwashing soap. And I once wrote a letter to the editor who said that, and it was never printed, it was never acknowledged by Consumer Reports, saying, if you think that, I hope you wash your hair and dishwasher soap for the rest of your life. (laughs) Because while the ingredient list may be the same words or the same names, Mm -hmm. there are differences in that ingredient. And that leads to our next fact. Oh, our next fact, the cr- the grade of surfactants. Yes, they're graded, but not like we are in school. It's not like an A, B, C, D, F. Uh-huh. They're graded according to the amount of contaminants that are left after processing the ingredient. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about probably still to this day, one of the most common surfactants and the surfactant that all other surfactants are judged by because it's one of the best sudsing surfactants mm-hmm. that we have, sodium lauryl sulfate. Right. And with sodium lauryl sulfate, it's there are several hundred different grades of the ingredient that would go on your ingredient list as, as sodium lauryl sulfate. These grades are technical grade, which can be used to wash garage floors or used to uh, clean your windows. Or I have a little fun fact. Yeah. When I was a teenager, um, I had a box of bubble bath. Uh huh. They came in a box of powder. I can't remember what it's called. Uh-huh. And I wanted to make the jacuzzi a bubble <gasps> bath. And so I poured the whole box into oh, the jacuzzi. Oh, my goodness. How much and money this, was that to fix? <laughs> no, it broke it permanently. Yeah, it I ruined did. it. But, oh, babe. but it went, it bubbled up so high and then it just bubbled down onto the ground yes. and all over the floor and I thought it was amazing and so cool and we were like splashing around and you the didn't bubbles. even have TikTok to take advantage <laughs> of it but it's a memory locked into my brain forever oh. me and my brother got in big trouble and then we never had a jacuzzi again because oh. we broke it oh. and my dad's like well too bad for there you there you go yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> let that be a lesson to you. I think it but was. It does, yeah. Lodium, lodium, sodium, lauryl sodium, sulfate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, I'm sure it was in there. Super suds. You can get it. Yeah. Yeah. That was. <laughs> and it, it was a powdered form. Mm-hmm. Of, it comes in powder and liquid. Mm-hmm. And because of the grades, the technical grade should never be used in cosmetics. Mm-hmm. It can contain, just like mineral oil, which we talked about in one of the first episodes this season, um, comes in different grades. There's technical grade, which can contain contaminants that can be carcinogenic or mild or irritating, even majorly irritating. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the original studies done on sodium lauryl sulfate were done on the technical grade. Right. Then there's the cosmetic grade, which has the irritants removed, and the 
uh, carcinogens removed, but may still be very strong. And then there's what's called the USP grade, the United States Pharmacopeia. And this is the grade that is defined by the FDA or the USDA under their Drug and Cosmetics Act as being able to be used in drugs because it's so highly purified. Mm. So while you can't tell if cosmetic or technical grade is being used in your products, you can list if it's a drug, sodium lauryl sulfate USP, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if it's a cosmetic, you can't list the USP grade. So Mm. you either have to ask what the grade is if you're concerned um, for a facial cleanser or... Mm -hmm. Uh, just avoid it altogether. So the avoid different grades, what? the the surfactant, okay, like sodium lauryl sulfate. But so, any cleansing so agent, cleansers that ha- have no surfactants in them. That's right. So what are they? Using well, they to have cleanse? surfactants, but they don't have the foaming kind of surfactants. Right. So there's different types of surfactants. There's the foaming kind, uh-huh. which uh, not only foam up and degrease. Uh, They cut oil, but they also surround the particles that are on your skin, like those PM Mm 2.5s, and uh, they suspend it so that when the water comes along, it just sweeps it away. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can also have emulsifiers, and what emulsifiers do in the form of certain types of um, emulsifying ingredients like... um, steric acid or uh, some of your natural oils, uh, which are used in these oil cleansers, mm-hmm. uh, they actually help to dissolve the oiliness, making it more soluble. And then you wipe it off and then you rinse it off and you might follow by a toner. Well, I, I particularly have, am fond of foaming cleansers that mm-hmm. it comes out of the bottle Foamed. Foamed. Uh Uh-huh. So it has a foamer built into the foam. It has a foamer. Right. Built into the container. Right. So in the Uh container, it's liquid. But when you push the pump, Mm -hmm. foam comes out. Right. And I like the feeling of that on my skin. But is that surfactants? Of course. Yeah. And is that mm-hmm. how it just makes it foam when it comes out? But is that? But it doesn't mean that it's a stronger. No, as a matter of fact, it could be weaker. Although I've done formulas for acne that uh, are very strong, mm-hmm. and they're using particular types of surfactants that make the dirt and the oil more water available. So that you, when you rinse the skin, it rinses completely away. Yeah. But it doesn't dry the skin out. And and that's some of the things that you need to be uh, careful of. I made a baby uh You cleanser. made a baby. I know. And she's so adorable. <laughs> but she's older now. She's not a baby Yeah, anymore. no. But I made a baby cleanser. Oh. A cleanser for the babies. I remember. And, um, and I had it a foaming cleanser uh-huh, because uh-huh. it would it would sit on their head or like sit in place and not run down and get in their eyes and stuff right. like that. And I right. would, you know, so I, I thought it was a good thing for the babies and it was mm-hmm. super non, it did not strip no. the skin. Yeah, so. and and that's because it's using non-sulfates, but it's also using that um, at very low percentages. So when you have a foaming cleanser, you're getting mostly air into the cleanser, which automatically drops the ratio or the amount of surfactant that in is in the product. Mm. Then instead of sulfates, you want to look on your label for things like betaine, sultane. I'm going to put that in a podcast, or I'm sorry. A blog. 
uh, not in a blog. Well, maybe in a blog, but I am definitely going to put this uh, on the week that this runs. I'll be doing Instagram posts on it. Okay. So stay tuned because this so is how we're for... keeping in touch with the audience now. Yeah. We have to um, finish up here pretty quick because we have a, a guest coming. Mm-hmm. We do. So um, let's go over the last two. You will, And we'll get back to sulfates. We're going to have an episode mm-hmm. on sulfates specific, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Next year. Yeah. Okay, so you want to choose a cleanser for your skin, not just on what you like and dislike, and definitely not because you like the smell. How many people pick a cleanser because they like the smell? I mean, how many people pick products in general because they like the smell? Right. It's and yet smell. people say, it's... I don't want any fragrance in my product. But the first thing you do, it's like we it. talked about during the fragrance episode, <laughs> yeah. is we smell it. And it's yeah. a protective device for humans or all animals. Mm-hmm. We don't put anything on our bodies or eat if it doesn't smell right. So you mm-hmm. want to pay attention to the ingredients. And again, we're going to follow up on that on Instagram. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And then the last one is... How do you select the right cleanser? And I'm going to go to you Mm -hmm. as the big, big name esthetician (laughs) in Los Angeles. Well, so the way that I select cleansers for clients, Mm -hmm. I have a few different ones because there's different types of skin. So um, most people. There is. Acne clients, it's the easiest one because you want to find something that's. a little stronger that's going to really take off that oil and clean that acne. And you may want to sulfate in there at that point. Right. So I go, I I either do like a benzoyl peroxide cleanser, um, depending off they have active acne, or I may choose uh, something with glycolic and salicylic acids in it. Um, Salicylic acid is a standard ingredient they put in for Mm -hmm. acne clients. Or glycolic. Glycolic. I have a blended one that, Mm -hmm. um, that I have in mine and I put a little jojoba beads in there to help Mm -hmm. like once the glycolic and salicylic start working the jojoba beads help to kind of wash it off so but it's not as strong not strong yeah because you don't want to open up any feels like a rubber okay it's like a kind of conforms a little bit to the skin yeah yeah okay and um and then for mostly everybody else I have them some of the clients I'll that are either aging or um, normal to dry skin, I have them use gentle cleansers. Mm -hmm. I have two different gentle cleansers. One that's a hydrating cleanser with a lot of panthenol in it. Yeah, panthenol is really good because it stays behind and continues to hydrate the skin after the cleanser's been washed away. Right, and it pulls that water into the skin. It's great. And then I have a really, uh, for sensitive skin, a very, very gentle cleanser that's like for people who get red easily, mm-hmm. who get irritated easily, people are, who are using stronger products. So if they're using glycolics and retinols and um, older, or if they're acneic and they're using strong medicines from their doctor, I'll have them use a super, super gentle, sensitive right. skin cleanser um, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have them use their stronger cleanser at night. That's when I'll have people doing the double <laughs> We're already rethinking <laughs> this, I see. Yes. No, I, um, and then, <clears throat> so, you know, it I'd say most people, I would say, choose a cleanser that's not going to strip your skin, unless, of course, you're acne. How do you know if it's stripped your skin? You'll feel really super tight Mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, like, you'll wash your face and then you'll feel like 
like that squeaky clean, tight, tight right. feeling, that's too drying, I think. So when we say skin. strip the skin, it's not necessarily stripping the skin of oils. It's stripping the skin of the lipids between your cells and your barrier. Exactly. And yes. that makes it not only ashier, but more sensitive and easily irritated. Yes, and then you're having to put more serums on and creams to counteract that it's a vicious stripping cycle. Yes. of your skin. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, so that's, that's how I... Um, select the right cleansers, you know, just try to make sure you're putting a cleanser on your skin that feels like it's cleaning, but it doesn't feel like it's tight. Um, uh, You want to make sure that you're, that it's coming, like you feel clean afterwards, like the cleanser's all coming off. You don't want that Mm -hmm. feel of like, it feels slimy. Right. No, No you don't want that either. No. And, you know, some companies will say, oh, it, it cleans and it moisturizes. Well, when you leave a residue on the skin, it's not moisturizing. It's continuing to irritate the skin. Yes. You want to get everything off and then do moisturizing as a separate step. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's good for today. Um, do we do we know enough about cleansers now? <laughs> I think we know a lot. If we if we don't know enough, stay tuned for the Instagram and look at the blog this week. And look at all the bugs on your face that we're going to post. With a microscope. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're going to have fun this week. Oh, yes. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you for, I said, all right, y'all, like I'm from the Midwest. Well, that's because we're, we're thinking about some of our compatriots that are down south right now. <laughs> So, what? So Nashville. I was going to say clean in good faith or good face. Good face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We'll hear you next time. We'll hear you. We won't hear them. They'll we hear don't us. see them yeah. ever. No. But we can talk to them. We can. If you want to talk to us, you can always text us. Hey, oh, no, you can't text you can. us, but you can write us on Instagram. Where else can they get in touch with us? On Facial, our, on faciallyconscious.com. At Facebook. Facebook. And also dot com. And faciallyconscious.com. All right, y'all. Y'all. Again. <laughs> okay, bye for real. Goodbye. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at infofaciallyconscious.com. At